We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we focus on how Judaism impacts our appreciation of pop culture and how pop culture impacts our appreciation of our faith and tradition. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And today we are talking about the new Netflix limited series, Inventing Anna, the uh, part, part of the Shonda Rhimes universe. Uh, Mike, can you tell us about this new show? Sure. Yeah. So uh, like, uh, like you said, Jesse, Inventing Anna is um, a uh, Shondalandification of uh, the story, the true story, uh, which they are uh, frequently quick to point out. Um, true, except for all the parts that they made up. Um, that's the uh, heading in front of every episode is uh, this is a true story, except for the parts that we made up. But a Shondalandification of the story, true story of Anna Sorokin, uh, uh, a.k.a. Anna Delvey, uh, a uh, young woman who pretended to be a German heiress um, in order to uh, become rich and famous and um, become uh, embedded in uh, New York's elite, uh, and uh, and you know really you know stole the hearts and money of uh, of, of New York's lead in the process. Um, it uh, tells the story of uh, Anna and also of uh, the journalist Vivian, uh, who uh, is played by Anna Klumsky, who is uh, working to uh, unravel and and uncover this uh, this story. Uh, and so the story is kind of told through the lens of peeling back the layers, uh, investigating uh, Anna's. Uh, deceit and Anna's crimes, uh, but also her motivations. It uh, explores, uh, Anna is is played by uh, Julie Garner, uh, Julia Garner, excuse me, who uh, many viewers might uh, know from Ozark, um, uh, who I think puts in a really excellent performance. As, as also, Anna. her breakout role uh, initially was in The Americans. In The Americans, that's right. So uh, also a really kind of uh, interesting uh, dovetail with the themes that are explored in Inventing Anna. Um, and uh, the cast uh, has, a, has a really uh, a wonderful cast of uh, Laverne Cox and uh, Katie Lowe's who play uh, Anna's friends. Uh, Alexis Floyd also plays one of Anna's friends. Uh, Arian Moayed, who, who plays uh, Anna's lawyer, Todd. Um, and uh, just a, a, a really uh, fascinating, lavishly produced, um, exciting uh, show of um, of you know uh, of the long con uh, and uh, uh, its undoing. Um, Jesse, what did you think of inventing Anna? I think it was inconsistent uh, as a show. Um, I took me a while to adjust to the accents that Julia Garner was using, although um, uh, Anna Sorokin and Anna Delvey. Um, in uh, interviews said that she got the accent perfect. Uh, and that's only because later, spoiler alert, we know that uh, Anna was not actually German. She was, she was, you know, Russian, trying to do a German accent. 
Uh, and I have, I have, by the way, let's just pause there for a second. I've, I've spent the better part of, I don't know, the last few weeks uh, trying to uh, replicate Anna's accent uh, or the accent that Julia Garner uh, has as Anna's. At first it sounded Scottish to me. Um, and I'm like, what is this accent supposed to be? But yeah, it's supposed to be like a Russian trying to mimic a German accent. And so it's something like, do you know who I am? <laughs> you know, I guess my question is, like, wouldn't that accent of, of like cause everybody to catch on to, to, to the to the scam at the very beginning? Um, I think it was interesting how the story was told, right? The story was told through the lens of the Manhattan journalists, Vivian, uh, at least initially. And this her, is supposed to be uh, this is a fictionalized version of uh, of New York magazine. Right. Uh, and, and, and her attempt to uh, get this story and her attempt to um, get on the inside with Anna, you know, Anna telling uh, her initially, how come we're in here? Why aren't we meeting in private? I want the VIP treatment. VIP treatment doesn't have to take the bus. They get a car to pick them up. All this stuff. There's not Which a time on at, at Rikers at Rikers Island. Right. Right? She wants uh, VIP treatment at Rikers. VIP. Yeah. Um, um, by the way, let me, let me just let me just pause you here for a second. Um, uh, my uh, my like theory of every Shonda Rhimes show is really kind of summed up by lawyers saying, "Oh, we should have never taken this case. I told you we shouldn't have taken this case." And so this is a little bit of a twist on the uh, on the general Shonda Rhimes formula of, "Oh, I knew I shouldn't have taken this journalistic story." Well, you know, I fully expected with any Shonda Rhimes show, whether it was like Scandal or Grey's Anatomy or How to Get Away with Murder, like there's always supposed to be a twist and like they jump the shark pretty quickly in those shows. Uh, because this is at least in theory based on a true story, there was none of that taking place. Uh, there, there was a beginning, middle, and end. Although I feel like when I said it was inconsistent, it's because it was really different stories that we were being told. You had the story of Vivian doing the research, you had the story of Anna uh, making sure that the story Vivian told was the story she wanted to tell. And then the, the latter portion of the show was the trial, which um, I did not think what was as um, significant of a story as the, the writers tried to make it seem. The only odd part was Vivian's role within the trial to make the story unfold in the way she wanted to as a journalist, which really put her journalistic integrity into question. Um, for me, what's really stood out from the, the show itself was why Anna did what she did um, and, and that desire to, um, not just to have it all, but to be, um, if you can't be famous, you want to be infamous, uh, right? And, and, and to be celebrated and storied and have everybody know her name. Um, and then on the flip side, the story of Vivian as a journalist uh, whose um, integrity was put into question when her editors didn't catch an error in a previous story uh, and she was thrown under the bus and uh, trying to almost have a redemption arc with this story. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I, I also thought it was uneven. Uh, in general, I enjoyed it. You know, I, uh, um, all the episodes, you know, uh, found myself, you know, really, really having fun watching for the most part. I think that uh, 
it, it could have used more editing. I think that by and large, every episode was too long and there were probably about two hours of the show. It was the show itself, like the whole, the whole uh, season was about two hours too long. Um, and I don't think that that was exactly that they didn't need the last two episodes. I think that, you know, the, what they reveal about Anna in those last two episodes that basically encompass the trial and, and uh, before that, you know, the aftermath of Vivian's article, um, I think are important because it does reveal, um, first of all, some of Anna's motivation uh, and also uh, Vivian, you know, not quite having the redemption that she hoped for in writing Anna's story because she didn't quite get all of the information before publishing the story. She hadn't, you know, really gotten to the bottom of, of Anna's origins or, um, or, or the, the motivations that Anna had for what, why she did what she did. And, and, you know, because I, I was feeling this way about the show, I went and watched um, the uh, 2002, I think, uh, Spielberg movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Hanks, Catch Me If You Can, which is a similar themed uh, movie right about uh, about a con man you know and and the cat and mouse about getting caught um this you know is already a pre-drawn conclusion like we see the first time we see anna she's in jail we know that she's caught you have that similarly in catch me if you can and the question is you know why um frank why does, Abel, he do it? why does he do it and how does he get caught ultimately um and and so that is also present here right how does he do it um, why does he do it and how does he, how does she get caught? She, yeah. Um, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but you know, catch me if you can was able to do it in like two hours and 20 minutes, uh, and in, in arguably a more, you know, compelling way. Uh, I wonder if we really needed, you know, a, uh, um, you know, a full series, hour, a full, not only a full series, but a full series of like hour plus episodes, you know, each episode that said, um, you know, once I got used to Julia Garner's accent, I, I loved what she was doing. I thought she put in a really um, complex and, and nuanced performance. Um, I think that uh, um, I, I found myself yelling at the TV screen often about uh, Vivian's character, but I think Anna Klumski put in a great performance. I think all the performances in it were, were really top notch. Um, and I think that the show really did uh, reveal um, or, or at least raise a lot of um, interesting questions about our world as it is right now, you know, um, about uh, the kind of social media culture that we live in, about um, uh, our propensity to uh, be either fooled by con people uh, or to or to actively choose to believe the lies of con people because it because it benefits us in, in one way or, or another. Um, it, you know, it talk there's there's uh, uh, themes in it about um, the impact of xenophobia um, and our, our relationship with with you know foreigners in, in general and uh, the immigration system it, it, it's not I think uh, not lost on me that uh, that you know Anna uh, Sorokin is now you know having finished her um, her prison sentence um, or released early from her prison sentence uh, is now in ICE detention um, so, you know, so the immigration angle of the story is, I think, really uh, uh, rich and, and important to explore. Um, and there's also intersections of, of like race, gender and class in this story, too. Right. Um, you know, so Anna has a uh, developed a very close friendship uh, with a um, with a an aspiring filmmaker and uh, hotel concierge 
named Neff. Um, and, you know, Neff is enamored with Anna um, and I think believes Anna, I think really deeply believes Anna's story is real, or at least wants to believe Anna's story is real. But Because Neff yearns to be in that world. Right, Neff yearns to be in that world, but also recognizes the reality that, you know, even as a foreigner, Anna is given access in a way that, you know, Neff, you know, realizes that she she can't, right? She has to do it, you know, uh, backwards and, he and in heels, uh, you know, to the nth degree because she's a black woman. So anyway, so I think that the show really raises these these questions, and and so you know, I, I think that that's what you know the the Shondaland team was going for here. This that this story, and that Vivian says it a few times that this story is in some ways a a meditation on our our, our current culture um, with all of its um, strengths and pitfalls. You know, what we're, and and we're watching that. Uh, oh, just... Yeah, go ahead. Let me just say one more thing. Um, we're watching this uh, as, you know, first as Russia um, amassed its troops on Ukraine's border um, and then uh, now um, has uh, launched a full-scale invasion of, of Ukraine um, under, uh, under the flimsiest of, of, uh, of, of false pretenses. And, you know, it's, Anna is, a, is, is a, a Russian German immigrant, a German immigrant uh, from Russia. Um, and then to America, um, and uh, and it strikes me that I read uh, a few uh, a couple of years ago a, a book about contemporary Russia um, called um, "Nothing Is Real and Everything Is Possible," um, and that um, I think kind of sums up both um, the rise of Putin-style authoritarianism in Russia, what we're seeing happening in Ukraine, and also in some ways what we see um, that you know that has really infected. Um, American culture too, right? That when when you know when when we allow truth to no longer exist, um, it definitely benefits some people a lot. I, I want to come back to Mike something that 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 you said, uh, especially as we're watching uh, this invasion to the Ukraine by Russia play out, and where um, the on the ground journalists are really the the social media influencers. Um, that, that anybody with a, a, a phone and Instagram has the ability to tell a story. Um, the, the scene that really stood out for me and really defined who Anna was, was during the trial um, when she was disappointed by the press turnout of the trial. And so they launched this social media feed to focus on uh, the designers and the clothing that she was wearing during the trial that caught on like wildfire. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, people started paying attention and it just goes to show, right. That one of the lessons that we talk about a lot is what Pirkei teaches us is, is it who who is wealthy, one who's happy with what they have. Um, but in a world of material goods, uh, that didn't even satisfy Anna. Right. She wasn't concerned with wearing the uh, very expensive things or anything like that. Um, the her, her friend, who was the photographer, um, said that what stood out to her was that she wasn't flaunting the designer uh, brand names or anything like that. She seems very um, plain almost. Um, but what she was looking for uh, wealth to her was societal uh, awe, um, you know, or, or um, not even acceptance. It's a desire that people wanted to be like her. That was wealth to her. It was about fandom more than anything else. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that she, you know, ultimately, even though so much of her grift was about um, getting money, ultimately the money was a was a means to an end, and the end was uh, was fame. Um, you know, the end was being being somebody, being somebody big, being someone important, right? She wanted to be known, recognized, right? She wanted to be the VIP everywhere she went. Um, and money, of course, was is a means to that. Uh, you know, some uh, often I think she kind of intuited this that that it goes hand in hand. You at least had to look the part, right? Um, so you know, you, if you can't afford to buy the private jet to rent the private jet just steal it, right? Because it, you know, it doesn't matter whether you own it, it matters whether you're seen flying it, right? Um, and it matters how you show up. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it, so having the money is, is, you know, really a means to an end for her. I think, you know, I'm thinking about it uh, in the language of, of Kohelet, of Ecclesiastes, you know, who's, who kind of has this meditation on that question of like, you know, what's the, what's the meaning of life? Because everything ultimately goes away, right? Haval uh, havalim, everything is air, everything is nothing, everything is vanity. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not exactly the same idea, but he says, right, you could, you could write lots of books, you could be prolific, right? But it doesn't matter, right? All rivers flow to the sea, and the sea is never full. And, and that, I mean, that's ultimately what, what Anna uh, comes to not realize, I suppose, um, although I think she has the, you know, the, the intuition of it, um, is that, um, uh, you know, uh, spending your life seeking the um, accolades of others, the approval of others, um, of strangers, right, is um, is a bottomless pit. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and it's toxic, it's corrosive. I mean, it, it, it you know, ends, lands her in jail and then in, ice in prison, then in ice detention. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I mean, I see it everywhere in our, our culture too. I mean, I, I see it in, even in myself on my, on, on, not good days, right? Where, you know, you know, why is it that we post on social media? Um, you know, it's not really, if we're honest about it, generally speaking, to keep in touch with long lost friends, right? It's, it's more often than that to, um, to project an image, a brand out into the world um, that, you know, that, that um, highlights, you know, how important we are, that makes sure that we, that we stay in people's minds, that people know us, um, and uh, and we measure our value then in in reactions, right? Not even likes necessarily, but in reactions. You know, I, yeah, but but I I wonder, Mike. Um, I wonder if Anna is a happy person, uh, right? That the end of the show we learn that her family sort of distanced themselves from her a long time ago, uh, that she did not have a relationship with them. Uh, I wonder, you know, um, what her emotional state was uh, and if she needed this idea and belief um, uh, of, of class and, and wealth and being some sort of famous heiress in order to find comfort and happiness in everything else that she was feeling or struggling with. I bring that up because I, I, I think you're, you're right. I'm guilty of that. I post on social media way too much. Uh, share pictures of, of my family, my children publicly. Uh, and part of it is because I want to share with the world and it's a great way to, to remain in touch with other people and see what's going on in our lives. But I think part of it is especially when things are hard and I don't think there's been a single day over the past two years that hasn't been hard. Um, we need 
a reaffirmation of the blessings in our lives. And so sometimes it's putting on a face for everybody else. That's what social media does. But I think it's also a, re- a way to remind ourselves um, that things are still okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, it's a good question. I mean, I think that the show makes it pretty clear by the end that Anna is a, a deeply uh, uh, internally unhappy person and she's, um, and she's operating, you know, from, from a place of, of, of weakness and, and pain. Um, that is, you know, uh, I think is the, you know, this, by the way, you know, we probably should have put this um, warning at the beginning of the show that, that we're talking about, you know, spoilers of the show, but, you know, the, when Vivian goes to Germany to uncover about her past, you know, what she realizes is that um, Germany, uh, for all of its, you know, dem- pluralistic and democratic advances in the modern era, um, is uh, is still a pretty deeply xenophobic country, and she experienced um, that xenophobia uh, in, you know, uh, growing up um, uh, as a Russian immigrant, um, and, you know, wanted to kind of, you know, uh, uh, prove her value to other people by by uh, by you know showing them that like you know I'm I'm someone that like it really matters I'm someone that's really important and I'm better than you right and so it's it's all about trying to like fill that hole in her soul um, and uh, and and by the end I think that you know she's she's both happy because uh, she realizes that you know even uh, though her grift failed she was able to get the uh, notoriety that she that she sought, um, but um, but I think ultimately that's that you know that it's just masking a, a, a deeper en- emptiness. And I and I'd ask about I'd ask about this with with social media is you know the, that that affirmation uh, from other people how valuable is it actually right um, you know and I, I think biologically. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. There's a great uh, uh, piece by Albert uh, Brooks. No, I keep on getting this confused. Albert Brooks is the actor, Arthur Brooks, um, in in the Atlantic um, about uh, you know. Albert about... Brooks is a very good actor. But oh this yeah, wasn't please, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not, let's not mince words about it. Um, but he, you know, he talks about the the satisfaction trap. He says that you know so many of us kind of you know assume that what we're pursuing. Um, is you know more satisfaction, and we measure satisfaction by those um, uh, extrinsic factors, right? So um, the 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 admiration of uh, of strangers, uh, and no, uh, or if not strangers, then you know people who are at best acquaintances, um, the people that on Facebook we tend to call friends, but are really, if we're honest with it, at best acquaintances, um, and uh, and and you know and and power and status and wealth and and those sort of things um and 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 it's no wonder he says that you know our culture as a whole has a has a tremendous um happiness problem we have a we have a you know we our our rates of anxiety and depression are are through the roof um and it's tracked pretty neatly with the rise of social media and and part of that i think is um, our our uh, sense that social media is a venue for getting you know those extrinsic um, validations, um, but it never actually satisfies us because what ultimately satisfies us is our intrinsic se- sense of self worth. 
Speaking about our, our sense of self-worth, I, I want to transition to, to the journalists, um, to, to Vivian at, at this time. Um, the actress, Anna Chomsky, uh, who I loved in My Girl 1 and 2, uh, who I loved in Veep, didn't love her in, in, in this role, um, uh, or, and may not be the actress, maybe the character itself. Um, partially, it's because her journalistic integrity uh, was called into question um, by her role in convincing Anna to not take a plea de deal by being involved in the trial and the background and that sort of thing. What do you think the goal was of telling this story, at least, uh, you know, book ending this story through the perspective of the journalists? Yeah, well, first of all, it's, a, you know, it's, I think, a good narrative device, right? Um, uh, because uh, it could have told the story through, you know, Todd, the lawyer, I guess. Uh, that would have been, I think, a more classic Shonda Rhimes move. Um, but it tells it through the journalist trying to, like, peel apart the... Lawyer. It would have only been a Shonda Rhimes move if he ended up murdering somebody accidentally. True. I guess that's true. Um, you know, listen, I mean, what is journalism if not the search for truth, right? And, um, and, uh, and, and fact, or, or uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. The, the search for fact and uh, weaving fact into a narrative that approximates truth. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, this is a story that is, you know, was, was really difficult, at least at the beginning for, uh, for Vivian to suss out you know, what was fact and what was fiction, um, what's, what's true and what's false. Um, and I, I think that that is a reflection of a society, you know, the, I mean, I think it's a, a product of a society in which, you know, everyone, um, uh, you know, is, it thinks about themselves as a brand um, and creates a brand identity for themselves some of which is rooted in fact, right? Like the pictures that you post of your beautiful family on Facebook um, are facts, right? You, you were, you, you know, uh, usually, right? Um, but, um, but, you know, is that um, a narrative that you, know, like that one snapshot, can you construct that into a narrative that actually reveals the truth about your, about your life? That's a different kind of question. Um, and, you know, we live in an era in which, you know, fact is perpetually under assault. Um, truth is, you know, perpetually being deliberately undermined. Um, you know, it's not a, a coincidence that the show frequently alludes to the the Trump era. Um, uh, you know, and 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 the challenge that journalists faced during the Trump era, and in some ways, the responsibility of journalists for helping to bring about the Trump era or failing to stop it, um, because there's a way in which journalists get. Um, uh, uh, enraptured uh, with the shiny objects, uh, just like Vivian uh, seems to to do from time to time in the story. She gets caught up in in Anna's web, um, and uh, and and so I think that it you know it it presents a really interesting picture, raises really interesting questions about um, how to navigate a world in which it is so hard to tell fact from fiction, truth from falsehood. And, and you know, and that's, that's meaningful, important to us as Jews, right? We say that, that you know, God is um, identified with the concept of truth, right? Uh, the, the Talmud says, that the seal of the Holy One is truth. 
Um, you know, that one of, one of the Ten Commandments is not to uh, give false testimony, right? So, so this is uh, a core Jewish value is, is telling the truth. Um, uh, you know, there are obviously instances in which we're, you know, uh, told to prioritize compassion uh, over, over truth to, to you know, um, to, to, to offer white lies if they're somewhat victimless, if it helps, you know, make a person feel better. But ge generally speaking, those are the exceptions to the rule. Um, and so we as Jews, uh, and I, I experienced this in a Jewish community that, you know, lives in this world um, that is filled with sometimes well-meaning, but oftentimes um, deliberately contrived BS um, and, and has to navigate, you know, um, every decision um, uh, in a world uh, filled with that. The pandemic is a perfect example, right? Uh, you know, the, the pandemic has been exacerbated and elongated by, um, by, by, a, a corrosion of, of trust that we all have in one another and we all have in our institutions. Um, so, you know, people are fighting now in my own community about, you know, whether or not to wear masks. The CDC says, you know, most people don't need to wear masks anymore. Well, should we trust the CDC or not? Um, that's a big, big problem. Uh, yes, yes to every, everything that, that you said. Um, I also wonder, you know, Manhattan Magazine, the fictional Manhattan Magazine, New York Magazine, it really tells the, the, the makes the distinction. What is the distinction as a journalist between like an investigative journalist um, who's doing, you know, pieces and stories on individual people versus uh, a, a journalist for the AP or something like that? Um, um, part of it is the goal of a journalist is to decipher what's a person is feeling to come to their own conclusions in a case like a, a magazine reporter like that, not just state facts, but I think you're right. We live in a world, live in a time, I would say prior to Trump, but especially because of Trump, where journalism itself is not to be trusted. Um, and, and so the whole role of the journalists uh, and whether we believe what a journalist says has come into question. Um, and if we can't trust the news, um, who can we trust? And part of the issue is we can't because uh, most news is very subjective, um, you, you know, especially when we're talking about 24-hour news channels. Uh, I, I want to ask something, Mike, um, when, we, when we talk about um, trust uh, and, and that sort of thing, um, I find it fascinating that uh, Anna Sorokin or Anna Delvey, whatever you want to call her, sold her story to uh, to Netflix, right? So that Netflix was not able to make the show without her signing off on it. Uh, and so all the more so, this was a story that she wanted the streaming service to tell. What do you think that's about? Yeah, well, at the very least she wanted the streaming service to tell a story about her, right? And didn't care that this was the story that they told, right? And I think that it speaks to, you know, the, uh, the, the one of the, I think, core challenges of, of, our, of our era. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's deeply human. It's not intrinsic to our time, but I think it's, it's, you know, on steroids in our time, which is, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's better to be famous than to be uh, anonymous. And if you can't be famous, you can at least be infamous, 
right? Um, the, the worst thing is to just be nobody, right? Um, and so we're all, you know, kind of clawing all the time, or at least, you know, those of us who are infected uh, more, pro more, more with this, this disease than, than others, right? Um, for, to, to, to climb from obscurity. I mean, what we want is to be, to be seen. What we want is to be known by people, or at least if not known by people, to have people recognize us, right? To know our face, know our name. Um, you know, I think in some ways this is, it, like I said, I think it's, it's, um, it's, uh, um, it, it, it is ingrained in our biology. I think that, that, you know, our, um, uh, from an evolutionary perspective, there were benefits to um, to, to having that kind of um, prominence, uh, and uh, it's also an escape from death too, right? Um, that uh, that you know, if everybody knows who we are, um, then we'll never be forgotten either. Um, you know, we, we we've talked a lot about that in legacy and other episodes. Uh, we talk about that in in loss. Uh, and and in, in death, right? That's what does it mean when we say that our, our loved one's soul is bound up in the bond of life? Is that the, at least what I tell families uh, who are grieving? And what I believe is that as long as we tell stories about them, as long as their story is told, they live on. Um, and, and right, we said that, is it better to be infamous than to you know, not be known at, at all? Uh, she wants her story to be told. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, I think that Jewish tradition would say, you know, um, it is, first of all, not better to be infamous <laughs> than, than famous uh, or than, than anonymous. Um, and I think Jew, Jewish tradition would say the categories of fame and infamy um, ought to be irrelevant considerations to you, right? That, uh, that, that, that your job um, is not to be known, but to do good. Right to be to be somebody who helps further the cause of a redeemed world, um, and 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 if you're if if you're you know known because of that, um, you know that is maybe a, a positive side benefit that you can enjoy, but it's not it shouldn't be your your driving your your motivating factor, right? And, and even more than that, right? We are. Um, you know, the idea of being bound up in the bonds of life um, is, you know, is really about, right, think about that for a second, that that, that in some ways that is about anonymity, right, that, that um, your, your, you know, your soul is sort of indistinct from the treasure trove of souls that have ever existed, right, that you are, that you're bound up in it, Right, but you're not separate from it. You're not elevated above it, um, and you know. So what we want is to make ourselves worthy of being, you know, um, a, a part of that, uh, part of that treasure house, right? Part of that storehouse, right? You, like, like no one gold coin in Scrooge McDuck's pool of gold coins um, is more prominent or more important than the other one. They all. Um, are, you know, part of the pool of gold coins. All right, so what I, let, me, let me just let me just say one more thing about this. You know, um, I think that there you know, this is uh, an insight that's more commonly associated with Buddhism. Um, but uh, but I think it's pretty Jewish, too. Um, so, you know, the, the Buddha's uh, first two noble truths are that um, all existence is suffering and the root of suffering is desire. 
Um, and I and I think that that is uh, um, uh, in some ways a, a Jewish idea as well. I think that that's present in the idea of Shabbat. Um, uh, especially in the Hasidic tradition, the way Hasidic tradition thinks of Shabbat, right? Shabbat as a time to um, to to have perspective on our worldly pursuits um, and recognize that peace comes from actually stopping the pursuit um, and uh, and and uh, uh, you know being present in community, cultivating our relationship with God, um, uh, uh, embracing family, um, you know, that is, um, that is the, the source of, and the meaning of peace and not the six days of labor acquisition and creativity. So after this discussion, what can we take away from this show? Um, we, we've been critical of how it gives a lens to, um, the society that we live in. Um, what is the takeaway, the positive maybe that we can take from this to better ourselves? Yeah, it's a good question. I, listen, I think that um, that that it shows a few things. You know, the first is um, uh, be careful of the shiny object um, because it is. You know, I mean, that's why our tradition, I think, uh, warns about idolatry, you know, warns about, um, uh, you know, giving ourselves over to, you know, that which catches our eye or that which, you know, seems worthy of our veneration that is not um, about our, our actual highest ideals. Um, so beware of the shiny object, I think, is, is one. Um, you know, I think that uh, it would say something like, and this is, you know, and I, I recognize the irony because this is a, uh, a Russian saying, uh, trust but verify. It's important to trust one another, but, um, but you know, never let our trust um, uh, supersede our uh, need to, um, to, to be loyal to the truth um, and, and to be honest ourselves um, and beware you know, to, to check internally of our propensity to, um, to, um, to, not be fooled by the shiny object or by the alluring lie, uh, but to actively allow ourselves to be deceived by it because we think it's going to benefit us in the long run. And I think that what the show uh, shows is that, you know, I, I, and I think that this is really true. We talk a lot about, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, sometimes the righteous um, uh, suffer and, and the wicked prosper. And, and I think what the show shows is that I, I'm not positive that that is universally true or even generally true. I think that the, um, that, you know, the, the, um, the result of a, of a life of, of uh, deceit um, and, uh, and, and acquisition of, of, you know, trying to shortcut your way to fame and fortune um, is, is actually to, uh, um, is actually to, to suffer. Um, and uh, to, to be brought down, right? Um, and, and I think that that's true. I mean, I think that, um, you know, as the show brings up Donald Trump, I think ultimately um, Donald Trump will fail and those like him uh, will fall. Um, it, you know, I think it's a matter of time, um, but I think that that, that's, um, that, that is what happens. Um, uh, that that ill-gotten gain um, uh, does eventually corrode. 
Um, and, uh, and you may not uh, flourish as a person of integrity you, uh, it, by, by measure of earthly rewards, um, but you uh, also don't have, um, you know, you don't have the fall of people who, uh, who, who uh, you know, accumulate what they have through uh, deception and, and criminality. As they say, from your mouth to God's ears. Uh, well, let us know what you thought of Inventing Anna. Um, you can um, uh, leave a comment or review. Be sure to smash that subscribe button. And uh, until next time, I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. Take care, everyone.